0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code Vox MMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours
2: January 31st last day of January 2023 and it is indeed a heck of a morning live on the MMA fighting Twitter spaces you can hear the show in its entirety shortly thereafter on the MMA fighting podcasting network hope everyone's having a wonderful start to their week I am Mike Heck. a lot going on in the world of mixed martial arts a lot has happened since we last spoke on Friday and there's a lot going on this week. We have the UFC back, UFC Vegas 68, headlined by Derek Lewis versus Sergey Spivak. We have Bellator 290, a very big event for Bellator MMA, their network television debut on CBS. Final fight of the legendary career of Fedor Milianenko. He will challenge Ryan Bader. For the Bellator heavyweight title, we have Johnny Eblen versus Anatoly Tokov for the middleweight title. That is a super interesting fight. And then the main card is just going to start off with an absolute banger between Saba Hamasi and Brennan Ward. So that is a fun event. UFC event is what it is. I understand the start time, but obviously that's kind of shying people away a little bit, but... It's fights, and it will lead in, obviously, to UFC 284, which goes down next Saturday in Perth, Western Australia. That is a massive event, massive main event. Islam Makhachev versus Alexander Volkanovsky for the lightweight title for the number one pound-for-pound spot. A lot going on there. But since we last spoke on Friday, we have had a lot of announcements. Right around 4.30, 4.45 p.m. Eastern on Friday, UFC social media accounts, they tweet out and they message out, hey, Dana White's going live at 5 p.m. Eastern for a special announcement. And considering what we talked about on Friday, what we've been talking about last week, a lot of us assumed that this would have to do with Conor McGregor. Will he coach the ultimate fighter? If so, who will he coach against? Is he coming back to fight? What is this announcement going to be? We didn't get any of that. We got Dana White in studio yelling and screaming at the top of his lungs. A whole bunch of fights talking about March 4th, UFC 285. He confirmed what we had already confirmed on Friday as well. Valentina Shevchenko versus Alexa Grasso going down on that card for the flyweight title. That's co-main event to John Jones versus Cyril Ghosn for the vacant heavyweight title. No new announcements for the London card, but then we fast forward to April 8th, and we found out that Alex Pereira versus Israel Adesanya, the rematch for the middleweight title, will headline that card. We also found out the return of Jorge Masvidal is happening on that card as well. He will take on Gilbert Burns. Big fight. Gilbert while I didn't love his call-out of Colby Covington, didn't really matter at the end of the day because he got the fight that he wanted in the first place. He gets Jorge Mazadal, Big fight for Burns. Huge fight for Masvidal. But the one question we still had was, where the hell is this card going to take place? And if you've been listening to this show long enough, I've been telling you, it was mostly two places in play. A third was kind of sprinkled in. But for the most part, it was a 50 50 between Brooklyn and Miami. Brooklyn and Miami. I'm telling you for weeks, Brooklyn and Miami. MSG became a player. Ariel talked about that as well. But for the most part, it was Brooklyn, Miami, maybe MSG. So after our show on Friday, I had conversations with some different people. I had heard that the Pereira Adesanya fight was going to be on that card. I had heard that Mazadol versus Gilbert Burns was going to be on that card. And with the Mazadol fight in particular, I thought the plan was it was going to be announced in a different way. I was told that Mazadol's appearance on the MMA hour yesterday was to announce that fight. He was going to come on and announce that fight. Uh, that's what I was told. So I didn't say anything. We didn't, confirm Burns' side, but I just kind of left that piece alone. Um, I was also told uh, by a couple different people that the sterling Cejudo fight that we reported last week being targeted for that card is still being discussed for April 8th. So who knows what happens? Well, like we talked about before, Sterling's still rehabbing. He announced yesterday that he's going to Columbia to get some stem cell treatment, and if it works... He'll be back sooner than later. No surgery. But like I said, it all comes down to whether or not Sterling can fight April 8th and the stem cell treatment will kind of determine where that happens. But that seems to be the fight everybody wants. If Sterling can't go April or May, it appears that Sean O'Malley might step in and they might do an interim title fight, but that's kind of far away. We have to wait to see what happens with Algebra and Sterling. And then Dana talked about fights that we had already reported or confirmed already. And we still don't know where this card is happening. One of the UFC Twitter accounts said it was in Miami. They said April 8th in Miami. So I was like, okay, that makes sense. I was told Miami is a, is a big possibility here on Friday. Better than we thought before. And then that tweet comes out. So, of course, I reach out to the UFC and I say, hey, So this card's happening in Miami, right? And they say, where did you hear that? And I said, you. (laughs) You did. You told us. One of your Twitter accounts said that it's happening in Miami. And he was like, oops. That wasn't supposed to come out. That's a mistake. Uh, Still no location. And as Mazadal said on Ariel's show yesterday, which I was told the same thing on Friday before this announcement came out, it's still kind of up in the air. The heat... Being potentially in the playoffs, where they're seated, that has something to do with this, but it's still being worked on. So anybody who's hoping for like an actual update of where this card's happening, there is none. There is none. Everything Mazadal said with Ariel in regards to the location is a hundred percent what I was told as well. So that's April 8th. That card's still being put together. We'll see where it ends up happening. Either way, great locations. Miami would be awesome. Obviously, with Mazadal and Burns having ties there, I I believe Pereira and Adesanya would be pretty excited for it to happen in Miami as well. A lot of the gyms are around there, so that'd be a big deal. That'd be a very big deal to have a card in that area. It's a big hub for the sport as far as gyms and fighters and training partners and all that happy horse stuff. Last night, we confirmed a report from ESPN That we have a main event for April 15th, the week after UFC 287. is going to be Max Holloway returning for the first time since his loss to Alexander Volkanovsky in July. And he'll be fighting Arnold Allen. We talked about the rumors, the innuendo that Allen actually talked about it himself. But I actually confirmed this as well. That fight was discussed to be the co-main event for the London card on March 18th. And Arnold Allen talked about he had a little bit of a rib injury. I was told they asked, Arnold Allen's side asked to push it back a month. And here we are, April 15th, that fight's happening. And I see everybody all excited about it, and I get it. I get the excitement. That fight, on its own merits, in a vacuum is awesome that fight is tremendous and i cannot wait to see what happens it's a great fight by itself just those two guys getting in there fighting for the sake of fighting who's the better man love that fight for where this division is right now i don't like it i don't like it we have been working for two years to try to find Alexander Volkanovsky fresh matchups, fresh contenders. And for the first time in a long time, we're actually going to get that because we have an interim title fight coming up at UFC 284 between Josh Emmett and Yair Rodriguez. You You would have to think that if Arnold Allen beats Max Holloway and Volkanovsky returns to 145, Volkanovski would fight the winner of the interim title fight. You would think Arnold Allen would be next in line, right? He beats Max Holloway. He's the next dude. And I get that. I get that. But that's a tough fight. That's a very tough fight. And if we go through the annals of history, these are the types of fights that Max Holloway not only wins, but he looks incredible in. These are the types of fights that Max Holloway shines. And if Max Holloway beats Arnold Allen... Like, that just sucks. <laughs> like, what we, w- what we would hope happens if, if Holloway wins is that Volk beats Islam Makachev, becomes the lightweight champion, and then just says, I'm staying here. Because otherwise, we just killed off a contender. And look, if Allen wins, what I'm saying means nothing. Because everything will go the way it's supposed to. But if Max wins that fight, we're, we're just back to the same position we're in that we've been in for multiple years now. And they they've tried, they've tried they throw Max in there. And these you beat Max, you get a title shot. You beat Max, you get a title shot. And then Max just goes out there and just barnstorms. Whoever he fights. I know the Yair fight was close and it was a lot of fun. He beat the hell out of Calvin Cater. I don't love it. I love the fight, but like where this division is at right now, it's a pretty risky fight. Like it is a risky fight. You have now, if, Volk wins the lightweight title. I'll come on the show the following Tuesday and be like, look, none of that matters anymore. None of it does. Because Holloway's now back in the title picture. Volk will probably vacate because I think that's just the way to go. All the biggest fights he can have are at 155. He's not going to fight Max again because they fought three times. And he's won all of them. And that third one, like, I know New York Rick and I talk about this all the time. We want to see the best two dudes fight, but. After that third fight, man, I I mean, there's just no need to see it again. Because that was, Volkanovski pitched a perfect game in July. It just, Volk can't do it any better. And I just don't see a world where Max beats him. I just don't. So, risky fight. Love the matchup. If these are two dudes fighting, let's see who the better man is. If they had a big grudge that they wanted to settle, love it. But with where this division is at right now, you are asking for a lot that needs to happen. There's a lot of what-ifs. What if, what if Volk loses? What if Volk loses to Makachev? What if Max wins? So that's why the fight I wanted was do Arnold Allen versus Ilya Teporia. Because either way, one guy gets knocked back, but you come away guaranteed with the next guy in line. But matchup-wise, stylistic-wise, it's a, it's a great fight. But just where this division is and the problems this division has had for the last couple of years. And Volk says, I'm waiting for somebody to come forward and take that spot. No one's done it. No one's done it. And you have a guy in Arnold Allen. He's from the UK. He's got a lot of momentum, a lot of buzz right now. And you throw him in there with Max Holloway. Sure, if he beats him, that's a huge win. Momentum continues on. But if he loses, man, just very risky. I'm probably on an island here, but it's okay. I've been saying this for a while now. That's just where I'm at with this. I can't wait to watch it. But if Max wins, we're going to be like, oh, now what? Now what do we do? Especially if Makachev beats Volkanovsky, which a lot of people think he's going to do. So. so we can talk about that. We can talk about whatever you want to talk about. There's a lot going on in the world of MMA. And you say his name and he comes hopping in. Let's welcome in a very special guest, Mr. New York Rick. Hello, New York Rick.
3: Heck of a morning, Mike. Um, yes, you say my name and I appear, much like the devil. Um, <laughs> my question for you is, first of all, um, I love that take. I'm super I'm super proud of that take. I think it's a great take. Um, I wish I thought of it myself. My question for you is, are you only considering the Arnold Allen side of this? Right. Based on the fact that Max Holloway is signing up to fight Arnold Allen at 145, that tells me that Max Holloway is not ready to leave the 145 pound division and feels like he still has work to do there. So if he's not fighting Arnold Allen, the question is, who is he fighting? Is he is he fighting somebody who's not a top ranked guy? Because I would argue that's kind of a waste of his time and of our time. If it is a top ranked guy, then who,
2: who is it if it's not Arnold Allen? It's a great question. Um, I mean, my, my thoughts for a while, even after UFC 276 is, Max has graduated into no longer, and, and I think Max has been in this position for a while. Max doesn't need to fight for belts. Max doesn't need to fight for titles. The dude is fine. He's making tons of money outside of fighting. I think he's just kind of in fun fight territory right now. He just wants to be challenged. So for me, especially after watching this man hit the scales every single time 145 and just looks miserable. And I know he's a little undersized for 155. We saw it in the Dustin Poirier fight, but he hung with Dustin Poirier. And that fight ruled. But this is a guy after the Cater fight was like, hey, if Habib's going to come back, I'll fight that guy. I just want the biggest challenges I can get. It's not about titles. Let's just get in there and have some fun and, and check some fights off the old bucket list. So I, I I wanted him to go to 155 and just fight fun dudes with big names. Like him and Chandler is a lot of fun. Like him and Connor is a lot of fun. Him and Gaethje is like one of my dream fights. I know Gaethje's got a fight and I know Connor's up in the air and Chandler's up in the air, but still, like there are fun fights for him at 155, which is Big names, fun names. So that's kind of what I wanted to see for Max, but again, I love this fight with Iron Allen. Just by itself, no stakes, just best man wins. The fight is super fascinating. But if Max wins, and he's got a real good chance to win this fight, it's just tough, man. We're back in the same position. That is unless Volkanovski goes out there and beats Zalmakachev, and then, None of this really matters because then Max can go and Max beats Arnold Allen. He probably goes and fights Emmett or Yair for the belt, and all this is for naught. But again, you're asking for a lot here. You're asking for a lot. Arnold has to beat Max. Islam has to beat, or Islam has to lose to Volk. Otherwise, we're just log jamming again. And we have to, then what do we get to do? Next guy up, Ilya Taporia versus Max Holloway. Then we're in the same position. That's why I was like, that's why I've wanted the, uh, who's he going to fight? Mavzarov-Loyev if he loses? Like, these are just, these are just tough fights that don't do a ton for Max right now. Unless, again, Volk somehow beats his on Makachev. If he doesn't, I think there's going to be a lot of people at 145, and it's, it's weird just for the movement of the division to be like, oh, we need Max to lose, We need Max to lose. Then we can move this division forward. Otherwise, we're just in the same position that we have been in since Volk won the title. We can't do Max again. We can't. But the fight's awesome. It just, I wish it was coming like a year from now.
1: The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA.
3: Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a G pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropG pod wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Denai, hello. Hey, what's going on? Heck of a morning. What's up, man? Not much. Uh, Yeah, I had a bunch of different points, but now that you're mentioning it, I'm like, there are so many gridlocks that are coming about. You know, 125 finally just wrapped up, and now 145, you know, Maxwell just kind of, you know, that's a controversy. 155, double champ statuses can always be questionable. 170 with Leon Camaro could be a long, dragged-out thing. Izzy and Piera, God knows. 205's been a mess since 2019. Heavyweight, come on now. Like that's pretty crazy. And uh my main point though is Leon edwards's interview. It's been a pleasure to watch him the past few years like deal with this uh the stress of losing all these fights since twenty nineteen, like uh losing the belt agreement, I should say. And uh he's just like Francis Ngannou. He said, Back then hoes didn't want me, now I'm hot. Hoes all on me. Have a good night.
2: Thanks, man yeah it was uh it was it, it, what I what I find fascinating about a lot of the interviews that Ariel does on the MA hour now that he's back is that before he came back we were talking to a lot of these guys um, and, and we still do from time to time but I remember talking to Leon Edwards probably it was like September 2020 it was like a few months after Usman Mazdal fought on that Fight Island card, like the first one on Fight Island. And I remember Leon just kind of stressed and just feeling bad, like all these things. Like he just felt like there were certain points in that conversation where Leon just, I'm not gonna say he was giving up, but there was a part of him where he was just like, I just don't know if I'm ever gonna fight for the belt. And you could see the stress in him. Because the only other time he was really offered a a shot at the belt was when Gilbert couldn't fight Usman on Flight Island, they went to Leon first before they went to Mazadal. And Leon was like, I can't do it. Like, I can't do it. I just don't, I can't. Or maybe they went to him first. I'm not really sure. But he was offered a fight with Usman on that Flight Island card. And he was just like, I can't. I can't get everybody with me. The coaches all can't come. There's visa issues. There's this, there's that. There's travel bans. There's all these, this red tape we need to clear. And he was just so stressed about it. And now that he finally got a shot and he won, just watching him on Ariel's show yesterday, you could just see he's like 100 pounds lighter. He's loose. He's just, he's giggling. He's so happy. It's just so refreshing To see him like that compared to where he was like two and a half, three years ago, it was amazing. Just watching that interview and him smiling and giggling. It's amazing. Props to that guy. Because even if he loses to Usman, like who gives a shit? (laughs) Like the guy made it to the, he, he made it to the top of the ladder. He made it. People doubted him. Everybody doubted him. And he went out there and he did it. Props to that guy. Props that guy. But you're right. I mean, you can make a, a case that, like, every division is jammed up the same way Featherweight is right now. Which is why I didn't have a problem with Volk going up to 55 in the first place. Normally, I'm like, ugh. No need for the champ jam thing because you got plenty of contenders behind you. Like, what are we doing here? That's why I didn't – Pereira versus Jabal Hill is, like, fun. Like, it's a fun idea. But there's no need for Pereira to go to 205 right now. He's got – Plenty of work to do at 185, him being the new champ. Plenty of work. He'll fight Izzy again if he beats him. Then you got Whitaker, maybe Hamza, some of these other guys who are really good that just couldn't beat Izzy. These are all fresh matchups. And with how sort of green Pereira is in MMA right now, I'm fascinated to see what he does against some of these guys. So There's no need for him to go up to 205. Unless he's just like, eh, this weight cut is just way too much. I'll vacate 185 and go to 205. That's okay. But yeah, a lot of these other divisions just jammed up. And it's kind of it's tough. 155, now we get Volk going up. We get Dariush maybe fighting Charles Oliveira. That's what's, what's being reported in May, which is absolutely the fight to make. Connor's apparently coming back. Gaethje's fighting Vaziv. And there's so many other contenders at 155 who, like, I want to see get their opportunities. Talk about Sarukian all the time. I'm Glad Fazeev's getting his shot. Then there's the Turners and the Dawsons and all these other guys who we all feel like potential-wise they could get up there and fight for the belt. But it just could take them forever to get there. Like, Jalen Turner's fighting Dan Hooker. Big opportunity for him. And if he goes out and beats Dan Hooker, which I think he's going to, who's going to fight that guy? Like, which one of these big names is going to fight that guy? I don't know.
4: Absualio. Hey, what's Hello. up, man? How are you doing? Good, how are um, you? So I just have uh, two questions to ask. The first is, do we have any update, fight news on Hamzad and Sean? Could they headline the May card? And uh, what are your thoughts on the uh Pityan and um uh oh, what is it uh Pete the P- P- fight. yeah morale fight thank you that's all I have to say man wait
2: what, what was the first one Hamza and who? Um, Sean yeah, any, Sean who? Yeah,
4: is there are we gonna see any fight news regarding Hamza and Sean? Like could they headline the Yeah
2: could they headline the card in May? Um it's a good question. Uh I don't know I have no idea what's going on with Hamzat. Literally no clue. I don't think anybody does. He's the big mystery of the sport right now. I think Sean O'Malley's just kind of on standby right now because the UFC wants Aljamain Sterling versus Henry Cejudo. That's the fight they want. They would love to have it April 8th. That Mazadal burns fight came together very quickly, by the way. This wasn't something that's been in the works for like a week. This was in the works for like a day. And just got put together quick. So maybe... There's not a ton of faith in Sterling being able to fight April 8th, but I do know that fight is still being targeted for that date, so maybe they push it back to May. I don't know. Um, but if Sterling can't go, you would have to imagine, like if the stem cell treatment that he gets in Colombia doesn't work or he still needs surgery or more time, I don't think the UFC is going to wait much longer. I think they're just going to chuck Sean O'Malley in there with Cejudo, do an interim title fight, and just move on. They've done it before. They did it with Jan Sanhagen. So, yeah, that's kind of where I think. I think O'Malley's just kind of on standby. And if they do the Sterling Cejudo fight, I would, I would imagine O'Malley's going to get the winner of that fight. I mean, he's either going to fight for the interim belt or he's going to fight the winner of that fight. He's next, despite all these other big fights being booked, including the Piotr jan fight. I'm cool with it. Like, it makes sense. It's a it's a great matchup stylistically, uh, big opportunity from Rob. Jan needs Jan needs a win badly. He's had a couple of tough ones. The the Sterling fight was very close. The second one, and a lot of people felt he beat Sean O'Malley at UFC 280. I don't think that fight was a robbery. I think it was very close. If you go back and watch it, months later, go back and watch it again. I I think most of you would agree that that is not a robbery. You might have thought Jan won, but that fight is closer. That the, the more I watch it, the fight is is closer than it was watching live. It's one of those. The fight I would have made is Murad versus Umar Namagomedov. Madoff. <laughs> I want to see that one, but this one moves the storyline along. There's a little bit of heat there with the, the whole Al Jermaine situation, and we'll see what happens. It's It's, it's a good fight wasn't my first choice but but i'm down let's see what happens let's go to four corner sports hello four corner sports
5: hey mike i want to ask you a couple things one is it true that luke thomas did agree he wanted to
2: go on a btl (laughs) he he did uh i i watched the clip uh because someone tweeted me about it and i went back and watched the clip um Luke was concerned that maybe there was like some sort of ban, uh, but I can assure you there is no ban. Uh, Luke has gotten the official invite to come on BTL. I've not gotten a response back yet, um, but the plan is either this week or next week, Luke's going to come on. So uh, it's in the works. It's All been right. targeted. All right. It's but it's ha- but there is no ban. He's com- He's going to come on.
5: All right. Send the contracts out. And I expect Judge- <laughs> the dotted line.
2: He will. All
5: right. He will. Um, I wanted to talk about um, a couple things. One, with the whole stem cell treatment, I think Aljamain could get it done um, as quick as possible. It depends what city he's going to. Um, I'm half Colombian. If he goes to places like Gali or Cartagena, he can possibly get it done maybe within the next three to six weeks if everything goes correctly. But it's just a matter of um, – Obviously, the money, which is not an issue for him, but de- depending on what city and um, what physician is gonna take care of him as quick as possible. Um, I don't really agree with you so much with the whole Max Holloway thing. Um, I agree with you partially, but the whole thing that I don't agree with you is that we can't really put Max on ice. I mean, it doesn't look like he's gonna go up to 155. I personally would love to see him fight Justin Gaethje. I mean, that's my dream fight for him to go up to 155, but. Him at 145. I look down at the division. I mean, you got what's it called? Ortega. He's out. I don't know for how long. I don't know if he recovered from the injury or not. You got Emmett and Yair fighting. So that knocks out two birds in one stone. Um. I mean, if you look down on the list, I mean, who he's supposed to fight? You know, Moz Mas- eloyev Masver- Iloyev. You know, you Dan of the world. I mean, I mean, unfortunately, it, this is just you know the the fight that's gonna happen for. Uh, Max versus Arnold Allen. I favor Max heavily on it. I just think that, you know, Max is just, you know, eliminating contenders one by one, but we can't hold them on ice. You know, that's the the thing that I just feel. Um, And then as for this week's main card, I mean, just wanted to ask, I mean, are you guys excited for it to be a 1 a.m. What's it called? The Easter Standard Time uh, main card. I mean, I don't know what the ratings are going to be like. I imagine it might be heavily you know, poor considering that a lot of the, eliminating a lot of the East coast fans, but who you got for this, um, what's it called? main card. And who's a, who's a fighter that we should be looking forward to towards, um, in this prelims. All right. Thanks, Mike.
2: I'll tell you what, man, you, you threw out a name for max that I liked, um, max Holly versus Danny gay friggin' rules. That's a fun ass fight. Uh, there's not a ton of stakes there, but it also doesn't set the division back at all. So I love that idea. Um, him versus Bryce Mitchell would be fun. Like, I'm not saying put him on ice, but I'm just saying that it's just, it's just tough because if Max wins, like, here we are. We're just back in the same position, and that is not fun. We're back log and stuff. So I, I, get, I get where you're coming from. But, man, it's just tough. Um, as far as the start time goes, I get it. We're trying to cater towards the South Korea crowd, and that's fine. Um, luckily, being on the East Coast kind of favors me because it, appara- it appears like I will be on Bellator duty, which I'm very excited about. But let's see. I mean, I'm very excited for Duho Choi to come back and fight. As far as, like, other names, Tetsuo or Tyra's on the card. I really like him. I feel like when we're talking about a lot of these prospects at 125, I feel like he's the name that doesn't get discussed enough in these conversations. He's real good. And he's fighting Jesus Aguilar. There's not like a ton of names that that stick out right now. Like those are Duho Choi's one of them and Tyres the other one. Obviously, I'm curious to see how Derek Lewis looks. But yeah, it's just, it's like we say sometimes, it's, it's it's a card. It's a card. And I think we're going to be ready. For, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful here, but I think most fans are just like, let's just get this one done. And if we could fast forward to Sunday, let's just do that. And then we can get ready for UFC 284. Kind of think that's where everybody's at right now. But there are some decent names on the card. Jun Young Park's obviously fun uh, to watch. But yeah we haven't seen korean superboy and golly when was the last time he fought 2019 december 2019 was the last time he's fought so that's well over three years i'm curious to see how he looks against kyle nelson but yeah the bellator card is a thousand times better than this one uh go get that money fighters i mean, i'm not trying to be a, a, a butthead but this Bellator card is far more interesting. It just is. And that's okay. Most times when Bellator and the UFC go head-to-head, and we saw it a lot last year, if it was a Bellator card against the UFC Fight Night card, the Bellator card was always better. And that's okay. Because they don't have as many cards. Viking MMA, hello.
6: Hello, Mike. Thank How are you? How are you? Good. What's up? I'm in a lot of pressure, so I wanted to talk about a very sensitive um, topic, but uh, I just, this space is not the right place to speak on that. Uh, It was a very sensitive matter, so apart from that, I just want to talk about uh, Dustin Poirier. Vinil Darius have uh, recently said that there is not uh, a lot of a uh, lot of stylistic matches for Vinil Darius. So uh, 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 for Dustin Porius, so what what should he do next? Because you know Gish is fighting Fizy and Chandler is fighting corner or it's actually Dustin uh, vs. Chandler, it already happened. So, And if he goes to welterweights, there are lots of wrestlers and grapplers at the top. So what's the next move for Dustin Poitier and big fan, you're quick and Mike. Thank you.
2: Thanks, man. Um, it's tough to say. It's tough to say. Now, if we're looking at this from a, hey, this is the world we live in, it's a meritocracy, next man up situation, then the Gate Chief is Eve winner versus Poirier sounds like a a fun-ass time to me. But Poirier is a very big name, and he's coming off a very fun fight and a finish of Michael Chandler at MSG. And he's a big enough star right now where if Makachev beats Volkanovsky, and I understand that Benil Dariush is fighting Charles potentially fighting Charles Oliveira, that's being reported. Makes, that's the fight that makes all the sense in the world. There there is a very real world that if Makachev wins, they just go right to Makachev Poirier. It would not shock, it would not surprise me at all if they did that. So he's got options. He's got options. Him fighting Beniel in Perth was not an option. He already had to make a lot of sacrifices for his daughter, pull her out of school to get ready for the Michael Chandler fight. He wanted to fight at MSG. There we are. But as a dad myself, I I 100% get where he's coming from. He's saying, hey, can't pull her out of school again. I'm going to fight again this summer. Can't do it. So... The whole notion that I know Poirier said, like, I'm not all that interested in fighting Benil Dariush right now, but I think the, the question that he was asked was, would you have any interest in fighting Benil Dariush in February in Perth? And if he was going to do that and bounce back that quickly, I don't think Dariush is the, the kind of guy. Now, if they offered him Connor for the type of money he would get fighting Connor in a main event spot, sure. Maybe he would make the adjustment and understand that he's gonna get a floppity jillion dollars and you can make that change. But Baniel is just isn't gonna move the needle enough for him to bounce back that quickly when you have to deal with the family and getting the daughter out of school and all that stuff. So I hundred percent get where he's coming from. But he's also a very big star. He's over and he could just fight Mokachev like a Makachev beats Volk and gets on the mic and says, Dustin Poirier, I want to fight you, they're going to make that fight. They're going to make it. But if that doesn't happen, the Gaethje-Faziv winner sounds awesome to me. We either get a rematch of an absolute banger or Faziv gets his opportunity to to get a title fight. Because if he beats Gaethje and Poirier back-to-back, he's getting a title shot. So there's options there, but Poirier's just not a guy who's going to fight four, you know, three, four times a year. He's not—he's not not gonna. He's got other things in his life. But he's got options. He—he could fight for the belt next. It's very possible. Would not shock me. It's only a kick,
5: a jump, a block.
2: try to get Mike in here. Nope, not going through. Let's go to four-ounce sniper, Emilio. Hey, Mike. What's up, four-ounce sniper? Yes.
1: Hey, uh, I just wanted to hop on and say real quick, I completely agree with you on the Arnold Allen-Max Holloway situation. I don't fully agree with it, but it is what it is. You broke it down perfectly. And then also real quick, uh what do you think about shopcott beating I think most people think he's gonna beat Jeff Neal. What do you think about him getting I guess Kobe Covington next? Go ahead and you know, get him closer to a title shot, him beating Kobe Covington and then I guess a title shot after that. What do you think about that?
2: Um great idea in theory. Never gonna happen. I'm not saying they'll never fight each other, but it's just it's if Shafka goes out there and just wrecks Jeff Neal, which is very possible, like, the, the risk... Re- Colby, you can say what you want about Colby and his resume and all of that, but, like, in the game of actual prize fighting, Colby, Colby has won prize fighting. He's won it. Like, he fights the biggest names, the lowest risk, and he goes out and wins. And yeah, he fought Usman twice and lost, but those are two very competitive fights. A lot of people still feel like Colby won the second one. So Colby is, Colby's is going to be very careful with who he picks next, which is why I do, I, I honestly think he would fight Hamzad. Hamzad Shemaev is the biggest fight he can get right now, realistically. That's a big fight. That could headline a pay-per-view. If they book that fight to headline May, that's going to kill it. It's going to do a ton of buys. People are going to buy the hell out of that. Nothing else really makes sense at this point. The problem with winning prize fighting is that you already won and there's, like, nobody else for you to fight. Sure, could, could like, like, if Leon beats Usman again, maybe, who knows? Maybe Leon gets the microphone and just cuts a promo on Colby. I don't think it happens because I think Leon will go after that Mazdal fight if Mazadal beats Gilbert Burns. But I, no, Kobe's not going to fight. There's just not enough, there's not enough reward for him to fight Shafkat right now. It's too early. He's going to have a tough time finding fights. It's unfortunate. Because I want to see him go out there and, and fight all these dudes. But, it's going to be a minute. But if, if Burns loses to Mazadal, you can do that fight. I know Shafgott and Burns have trained together, but they're not like full-fledged training partners. So that's something. I don't know. He's gonna have a tough time, but it ain't gonna be Colby. I could I could I'm pretty confident in that. Colby's not gonna be like, oh, I haven't fought in a year, but I'm gonna come back and fight this wrecking ball who is a hardcore fans delight but the casual audience has no idea who this guy is but Hamzad's a different story and colby has a, colby stylistically he could get absolutely dump trucked by hamza like hamza could just grab a hold of him and just smush him in the first round like he does to most guys he fights but what if he doesn't what if that fight gets out of the second round colby's got a chance So, I think that's the biggest fight for him right now. He's sure he could get the title shot, but I feel like... I don't feel like that's going to happen. So, realistically, the biggest fight for Colby is Hamzad. Anything else? There's just nothing. It's just a fight. So, we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'd be stunned if that happened next. Let's go to... Emilio. Hello, Emilio. What up, Mike? Good to be back.
7: Uh, how you doing? Good. Great. Awesome. Uh, well, I've got a lot of stuff on my mind, but I'm going to try to keep it short. Uh, famous last words. Well, first and foremost, <laughs> about this weekend's UFC card, this is all you got to know. That's literally Korean for it's a card. So, um... Pff. Man oh man, uh yeah, it's a tough one if you're not uh if you're not a Derek Lewis fan or you're not from South Korea, I gotta say. But I am super pumped. Uh yeah, because I'm just like that, super pumped about uh the uh Laura Senko uh debut in the UFC uh, commentary booth. That's gonna be sick. I mean, I think that's that's the only reason why I'm gonna tune in with all due respect. Uh so yeah, just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Also, <laughs> I know I'm already like the fourth or fifth guy um, or fifth person uh, saying this, but I mean, the only thing that's weaker than Jorge Masvidal's <laughs> Jorge Masvidal's quotes on uh, on the Kobe trial. Uh, he's a little B, basically, at this point. That's all we've been able to determine that he's a B. His blood type came back super B, weak. Um, is the UFC's matchup or matchmaking when it comes to Max Holloway and you know Arnold Allen? It's just, it's so dumb. I mean, everybody's been very politically correct, but I'm just going to say it how it is. It's so dumb because... Max has been through some wars, and I mean, I think sooner rather than later, he is going to get, like, his chin is going to get cracked. It's just going to happen, eventually, because we love him, and I love Max, but God damn it, he has almost no defense. Uh, you know, yeah, he's winning fights, but a huge, huge pillar... Of his entire game is his granite chin. And honestly, I can I'm still probably gonna say that uh that he beats Arnold, but what if, what if Arnold cracks him? Are you really gonna tell me that that it's gonna be Arnold Allen who cracked Max Holloway's chin? It could happen, cause goddamn it it's MMA and That would be such a wasted opportunity. It would be such a wasted opportunity. If somebody's going to crack his chin, let it be Justin Gaethje. If somebody's going to crack his chin, let it be Conor. Let it be, I don't know, somebody like that in a huge fight. Huge fight. Not Arnold Allen. Again, with all due respect to him, I think he's great. But uh, it bothers me a lot. Uh, And second... Or lastly, I just wanted to get your thoughts on the Alexa Grasso Valentina Shevchenko fight. I mean, I I'm biased because I'm Mexican, but I don't know, man. I I I just keep thinking about Jamal Hill versus Glover Teixeira. I know not exactly the same. Um, also, Henan Burrow against T.J. Dillashaw. Just like you know, it, you come up against a dominant, dominant champion. And an upset is possible, and I think that Alexa is going to bring her A game. I think it's going to be closer uh, than people think. So, yeah, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that, on the Senko thing. And that's it. Thanks uh, so much for everything you do. Peace.
2: Um, I mean, we'll see. I, I don't know if I agree with you on the Grasso fight. I think Alexa's great. And I think she has title-winning potential, just not now. I mean, who knows? She can go in there and crack Valentina, you never know. But I just don't know if her game is well-rounded enough to beat Valentina. And you know that Valentina's going to come in like a house of fire after that Tyler Santos fight. She hears people doubting her. She heard it before the Jessica Andrade fight, and then she just mollywhopped Jessica Andrade. So... Yeah, I don't think that's going to go great. Love the Laura Sanko thing. Very happy for her. It's a long time coming. This should have happened two years ago. But she gets her opportunity. She's going to be on the ones – she's going to be on the mic, uh, not just doing interviews backstage. She's going to be doing color commentary. I love that. Uh, that's the best thing that is coming out of this card on Saturday. 100%. As far as the Max thing goes, I mean, I was kind of with you on a lot of what you said, I definitely disagree with you about the Arnold Allen thing. Because if Arnold Allen, like, I'm not saying, like, the UFC is rooting for Arnold Allen here. But this fight was made in some respects in hopes that Arnold Allen goes out there and beats Max. Because not only is he just a fun fighter, he's got, he'll has got he have a, a, just a massive winning streak. But the division can move along. And you have a, another potential star in a market that you are trying to frequent as much as possible. And if Arnold Allen goes out there and knocks out Max Holloway, holy shit, this guy is off to the races, gone. See ya. Strap the rocket ships to him because he's just, uh, he's out of here. So I don't agree with you in that aspect. Like if Arnold knocks out Max Holloway, it's a massive deal. And it'll be huge for him. And it'll be huge for the division. And just think about whoever is the champion at the time. You just not I mean Arnold against them, you just can't wait to see it. you gotta do it in London. You have to. Get this guy over. And I think partially they try to do that in the Cater fight. Like they knew it was a banger, but if like Arnold Allen could knock out Calvin Calvin Cater, I mean nobody knocks that guy out. <laughs> like that'd have been a huge win for him fortunately didn't happen that way it goes in the record books as the finish but i don't think anybody's like oh he went out there and finished calvin cater it was just a freak injury kind of a thing he won i'm not taking anything away from him but if he goes out there and just starches max and gets him out of there holy smokes just that'd be a huge moment but yeah sanko getting her shot incredible uh the Ecuadorian Hitman, is that what that says? What's up, man? Hey, what's going on, brother? Can you hear me? How you doing, man? Yep. Awesome. So we got a uh, Corey Sanhagen and Marlon Shido Vera coming up in a little over two weeks. Uh we all know Marlon is the slow starter, heavy hitter, looking for the knockout shots. And Corey
3: Sanhagen, similar to Rob Fawn, is very forward uh forward pressure volume
1: how do you think that fight's going to look do you think it's going to be similar to how rob font um kind of got picked apart towards the end of three four and five or do you think Corey's going to be able to write it all the way
4: out?
2: man that fight rules i uh, like honestly i have no read on that fight at all no i have none no read that fight is just so interesting because it could, it could look similar to the font fight. It could look similar to that. I don't know. Like Sanhagen moves just so well. Golly, that that fight is incredible. That f- I can't wait for that one. I wish we could just move. If they move this one up to the saturday, to Saturday, I would stay up till four a.m. and watch Cheeto versus Sanhagen, hundred percent, hundred percent. But I'm just gonna wait a couple more weeks. I do not have a good read on that fight right now. I'll have to watch a little more a little more tape in the build to it, but oh man, that fight is awesome. That fight is awesome. I'm sure Sanhagen's taking a lot away from the Font fight. Cheeto just hits so hard for that division. So that's like one of the big it's one of the big elements I'm looking out for can Sanhagen avoid the big shot? Because Cheeto can crack at 135. I don't care who you are. Uh, Let's go to high-tier MMA. Oh, hey, man. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Uh,
3: Yeah, I just wanted to get your thoughts on the welterweight division because, you know, in my eyes, and I think a lot of people will agree, that Kamzad and Shafkut are just the future of that division. But we don't know what's going on with Kamzad because there were rumors that he was going to be on uh, UFC 285. And I think they're trying to make the Colby fight. I don't know what's going on there. But now it looks like they're really trying to go for the Masvidal-Leon fight if, if, you, if they both win their next fights, So I, I don't know. It just seems like there's a lot of logjam at the top of the division where they're trying to make these mega fights like Leon and um, Masvidal if they both win, obviously. But you got guys like Hamzat and Shafka that are clearly the best guys in the division. And I just feel like uh, I, I don't know what the UFC is doing really. Like, what are your thoughts on what's going on in the welterweight division right now?
2: I mean, it's a mess. Leon Edwards kind of screwed everything up in, in some regards because he went out there and he kicked Kamaru Usman in the face. So, yeah, but it is interesting, right? It, it is a little more interesting. Ham's not just such a wild card because we don't know if he's going to fight at 170 or if he's going to fight at 185. We, we just don't know. I know Dana has come out many times and said, we're going to give him one more shot at 170. And him and Colby makes all the sense in the world. But I don't know. Shovkot. Shovkot is still a mystery to a lot of people. Like, he's he's super good. And we all, like, the hardcore fans, the ones who watch every week, we all understand that. But Shovkot, like... He's got to be a star. I think he needs to, I'm not saying he has to, like, I... this comes off bad sometimes, but it's true in a lot of cases. Like, Hamza could speak English. Makachev can speak English. Piotr Jans, English has gotten a lot better. Um, and I think the more, as time goes on, he learns that a little more. I think he's going to get over a little bit more. And become more of a star? Because this skill set is incredible. But Hamzat was able to get over for not just his fighting style, but he was able to get on the mic and call people out. He was able to be on television a lot. That's how he got over. He called people out. And he just fought all the time. It's obviously not as much now, but he's already at that place. He's already at that place. That's how you get over. That's how Kevin Holland got over. That's how Hamzak got over. And that's why when Jeff Neal had to pull out of that fight with Shafkot last month, I just said, just throw him on the card anyways. Who cares? Just find somebody. There's got to be somebody in Vegas who wants to get into the UFC, whether it's... a uh, a lightweight who doesn't want to cut to 170 or somebody who can get to 170, it doesn't matter who he fights. Like, it didn't matter who he fought. Just get him in there, let him dump truck somebody, and then he can fight Jeff Neal on this card. Still. And then there's two fights in three months, two months span. That's how he's going to get over. That's how he's going to get these bigger fights. But... Yeah, I just think he's gonna have a hard time getting up there. Because don't something there's just not a lot of upside to fighting him right now. It's all risk. It's it's high risk, low reward. Fighting Hamzad is a different story. High risk, high reward. You beat Hamzad, you're the dude. You beat Shavkat, look for, look, look, my friends. We all know how this sport works. We all know how this community works. If Shafik goes out there and loses to Jeff Neal on March fourth, what are we going to say? Not what like what are a lot of people going to say? Well, flash of the pan, not as good as we thought, overrated. That's how it works. So he'll get there. He'll get there. It's just going to take. It's going to take time. It's going to take time, but he will get there because I believe in his skills. YvMZ.
7: Hi. Uh, thanks
5: for having me. Uh, quick question What would you think about what what are your thoughts on Alex uh, Pereira moving up to 205 to fight Jamal Hill if he gets beat by Izzy? Thanks,
2: Mm, nah, because they're just gonna do it again, they're just gonna run it back a third time, and that's gonna be massive because this fight will do well. Izzy wins this one, they're gonna do it again. And that will be massive too. And yeah, it'll be a log jam. Yeah, people will be like, oh, come on, let's get some of these fresh faces in there. I get it, but yeah. If it, if, if Pereira loses, he's going to fight him again. They'll do the trilogy or whatever the fifth fight is overall. It'll be fine. There's no, there's just no need for him to go to 205 right now. Let, let's let 205 like figure itself out a little bit. And it's hard to sell Pereira going up to two hundred five and fighting Jamal Hill for that title if he loses to Israel. It's a tougher sell. People would watch it, but it's it's a tougher sell coming off of the loss. New York Rick, welcome back. Hello, my friend. Hello. With
3: uh, with Bader and and Fedor. Uh, Friday, fighting on Saturday. I was curious, who do you have uh, as your heavyweight GOAT?
2: Ooh. <laughs> it's a good question. I, I have thought about this because I know uh, MA Fighting did a, a little round table about this. To me, it's Fedor. To me, it's Fedor. If, if we're talking like just straight resume and accomplishment, and highlight reel, and just what he meant to the sport in multiple generations of it. He, it's Fedor. I don't consider like I know some people have Fedor as like the greatest fighter of all time, pound for pound. I don't. I'm not going that far. But heavyweight, I'm I'm okay with Fedor if we're going by like just list of accomplishments, with resume. The folks who say Cain Velasquez, I get it because skill set wise and what that dude brought to the table, I don't know if anyone's ever going to be able to do that again. Maybe Jelton Almeida if he bulks up and, but we don't know because we still have so many questions, but Cain is just, he's a freak. Moves around like he's a lightweight and has the cardio of a freaking flyweight. Like that's not fair. Like fighting that guy is a freaking nightmare. It's horrible. But just so many injuries and just a lot of bad luck along the way. We just never got to see his full potential. And it's unfortunate. But that's kind of where we're at. But Fedor for me, resume-wise, but if we're talking like skill for skill, Kane, if you pick Kane, I ain't going to argue with you. But it's Fedor for me. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Take us home. Cause I gots to go. Yeah. Yeah.
5: Big Mike. What's going on, man. What's going Not on? Much, uh, question. All right. So, I mean, we all know that the heavyweight division is, is a pretty big logjam. jam. Um, and I guess my question for you is regarding uh, Kamar Usman's brother, Mohamed Usman. Where do you think he fits in this picture? Who do you think is a good fit for him to kind of get the ball rolling in this division for him, at least for his first fight? Like what makes sense? you think? Appreciate you.
2: Thanks, man. So uh, our own David Martin talked to Mohamed Usman. He's been sort of delayed uh, some injuries So his, like, out-and-out debut has been delayed. But hopefully this year he gets back in fights. Um... I mean, I wouldn't go crazy with him. He's somebody I think the UFC is going to invest in, and I think they're going to try to build him up. But chucking him in there with, like, Andre Orlovsky right now is not the best idea. Or chucking him in there with, like, the Alexander Romanovs of the world, not a great idea. But I don't know. I guess Walt Harris is talking about coming back. Maybe him. Like, Dontel Mays. Justin Toff is about to fight my man Parker Porta. Uh at UFC 284, maybe the winner or loser of that. Jake Collier. Uh, some of these guys might have fights. Like Chris Barnett, like these are the these are the types of guys that I would that I would chase Sherman. Go that route. And then if he wins that fight, if he goes out there and looks great, and you're like, all right, let's push him a little more, maybe a Tanner Bowser type give him a little bit of a step up cuz Tanner I know he's coming off of a decision loss but Tanner's good man like he's good he moves around well he he does a lot of things well he can create a lot of problems and I feel like beating Tanner Bozer means something so that'd be in, like the next step and then we kind of go from there this is not a t- there's not a ton of heavyweights there's probably like 40 of them maybe like that might be overshooting the number a little bit but there's, like, perfect ways to build him up. Um, Hamdi Abdelwahab is, is an interesting name as well. I mean, there's, there's names for him, but I would not push him too fast. Let's build him up. You know the UFC is going to push him for sure, especially after that KO win over Zach Piuga, who, by the way, I believe is moving to 205. Uh, we didn't get a lot of... It was a great win, but we, I don't think we got a lot of answers to the questions we have about him. But yeah, there's fights for him. But there's there's no need to chuck him in there with like a top 20 guy right now. I wouldn't do that. But I also wouldn't have booked Max Holloway versus Arnold Allen right now. And I'm not a matchmaker. So apparently I'm not good at my job when it comes to matchmaking. But um, yeah, like I said, with the whole Holloway-Arnold Allen thing, If Volkanovsky goes out there and beats Makachev, then the fight has a whole new meaning for me. For sure. But still, that wouldn't have been the the direction I would have gone. So, all right, we're done. Uh, Thank you very much. We'll be back on Thursday, and we'll do it again. 10 a.m. Eastern. Uh, Big day on Thursday, as always, because we'll have this show, we'll have BTL and other stuff, and then... We'll be back on Friday and then we'll have preview shows and all sorts of goodness for you to get ready for the UFC Bellator doubleheader on Saturday. And then we turn the page and all all roads points to Perth, Western Australia for UFC 284. So thank you all very much. I appreciate you. You're the best. Back on Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern we'll see you then have a great rest of the day and as always have a heck of a morning everybody